Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Wrestling Dungeon here on WrestlingInquirer.com covering WWE Fastlane. It is March 5th, early hours of March 6th here in Cork City, Ireland, 2017. We're covering Fastlane, WWE 2017, live from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We were having a conversation there a couple of minutes ago. It's myself, Blake Norton, uh, Kieran Gallagher, and uh, Sean Fogarty joining us. Uh, give you a little backstory. I've done a lot of coaching, a lot of indie wrestling. Kieran used to be my indie uh, tag team partner here in Ireland. We won the belts on <coughs> national television. I had a great time running around the place for a few years. And Sean here is 19 years old and has been trained the last two years. And uh, he comes from the perspective of that, of a, a younger wrestling fan. I'm 36, Kieran's 29, Sean's at 19. And uh, so we got sort of three, maybe you could say, skips a generation there to get give you an overview of how this show went. Now, a couple of minutes ago, Sean, I asked you to hold on to a point because you were talking about the main event, and I thought the perspective you came from was interesting. I thought it was different from the way that I would come at it, and it really reflected your generation. So how did you feel about that main event tonight uh, of Fastlane, Goldberg versus Kevin Owens, Goldberg beating Kevin Owens in a couple of seconds into the match because Chris Jericho's music with Chris Jericho showed up distracting Kevin Owens, giving Goldberg the win? Uh, with that match, I thought it was a massive letdown. Uh, like I was explaining sort of how you'd sort of see that the whole show on a map and how it just sort of it kept on going down a slippery slope and I was expecting it to sort of uh, peak for the main event but it didn't we Uh, we were talking about that about how the first hour of the show I felt very optimistic Uh, Sean felt very optimistic Kieran the first hour of the show I felt really good about it Uh, did you share in that did you feel like we were going in a good direction Uh, yeah definitely and by the end, you share my view and, and Sean's view that by the end of the main event, that the finishes by the main event statuses hadn't really come the direction that was well, the women's the match. The women's match was a total letdown, I think. Like, you know, um, uh, Robin Reigns and uh, Braun Strowman, I think they did as well as they could, like, you know, with uh, Braun's like size and everything. Mm. Um I thought I I really enjoyed the the main event. I thought it was a Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. How can I attack him with this microphone? <laughs> he's got a mic there, he's got a mic there. I, I tell me how you enjoyed this main to me, okay, to me first of all, the main event when Goldberg came back and beat Brock Lesnar, that was to me I thought that was wonderful because nobody expected it. The insiders didn't expect it. Uh fans who knew about the business and followed along on the inside, which is a larger portion I'd have to imagine never in history. Um, that we've really switched all over to that what you call the smart, the inside fan base, like the fans of the TV show that also follow the scripts and follow the storylines very intently. And so at Survivor Series, when Goldberg won, it was a big shock because everybody was under the impression that he was brought in simply to promote the video game, not to beat WWE's most undefeatable star, the guy who had beaten John Cena at SummerSlam so devastatingly, the guy who had ended the Undertaker streak. The idea that Goldberg would come in at 50, presumably under a one-match deal, and I believe initially it probably was, uh, would beat Brock Lesnar in 90 seconds was amazing. But tonight, this was the second serious match. And Goldberg in the Royal Rumble could have been done a lot better, but there was 30 guys in there. So if they got it wrong, you could almost understand that. But tonight, this was his second singles match. And tonight was the night that, as a babyface character, as someone we're supposed to root for and feel... Um, we want him to rise above the odds against him. It felt like he was handed that championship for me. How did you find that match satisfying? Because I found it such the opposite. Well, I'm not talking about the the storyline building up to it because I agree with you. I, I It was completely mismanaged. But I'm talking about the match itself. Um, I think it 
Goldberg can only do two or two or three minute matches. And this, I thought, this was like 40 seconds, 30 seconds, 20 seconds. It was two moves. It was yeah, the spear yeah, but, and the jackhammer. But, but, but Kevin Owens was walking around the ring for uh, uh, like around the ring for about two or three minutes before. But they didn't um, ring the bell, and yeah. that was not part of the match. If this is Goldberg in 1998, the Goldberg that got him over, the same guy, the second that a guy goes outside the ring and starts walking around, at first he might wait. You know, like at first I liked it. I thought he showed patience. He was a baby face who was intelligent, not just hot headed, and that's a good thing. But after a while, you're thinking. He's not, he doesn't give a crap. Whereas if it was 1998, the guy starts walking around the ring. After 30 seconds, Goldberg's going to go like, to hell with this. He's going to chase after him. He's going to beat him up. Uh, Sean, you had an, another point before we started the show about how you were interested in the idea of Goldberg, his style. Because Goldberg, you know, when I was 17, 18, Goldberg was in his prime. Whereas, you know, uh, this is probably your first chance seeing Goldberg in a substantial degree, especially as an adult, in, in, in live time. You're talking about missing out on seeing... Kevin Owens versus Goldberg as a matchup. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I was really sort of interested in the idea that uh, Kevin Owens and Goldberg, due to them being in two different eras, uh, wrestling two very different styles, and of course, you know, Kevin Owens being in the more modern era with the kind of insider fans and stuff like that. I was really curious to see, you know, how the layout would be. Would it be more kind of I don't want to say old school, but more like simplified in the sense that the way it was like 10 years ago or so, or would it, would it be more kind of laid out more in a Kevin Owens style Like match? we saw Seth Rollins versus Sting just over a year ago. And yeah. of course, Sting's career ended in that match because he took a turnbuckle powerbomb, which a 56-year-old man probably should not take. Well, and he wrestles that's, that's my match. point. That's my point. If you look at Goldberg's career over, over the history... His best matches has been the two or three minute matches. Like, you know, he's never had a, a, a great match that's gone over, say, five or ten minutes. Uh, that's not true. He's had some very good longer matches, including uh, Hulk Hogan was longer than that. Um, uh, Diamond <coughs> Dallas Page, he had a great match with that went 15 minutes or so. Um, he's had some good, as him as Scott Steiner, who's a very good wrestler, don't get me wrong, but Scott Steiner doesn't have a list of really memorable singles championship matches, and Goldberg is one of the few that is on them. Uh, Goldberg has a lot of ability, and it, if he has this little ability at 50, my, my thing is, storytelling-wise, Goldberg just won the belt because Kevin Owens was screwed over, and in the two main events, the women's main event match and the men's main event uh, match, we saw the baby faces in theory win because it was two on one on the guy who was supposed to be the bad guy, and especially for a character like Goldberg, who in back in the day the classic spots are Goldberg beating up a whole faction and then pinning Raven, you know, and, and that that's his whole thing, beating up all the NWO and then pinning Hulk Hogan. That is what makes him Goldberg, and tonight. Chris Jericho's music had to play, and Chris Jericho had to come to the ring so Kevin Owens could be distracted so Goldberg could win, and he snuck in the back door like he was uh, a cruiserweight stealing a roll-up from a main event guy rather than the man you want to main event with the heavyweight championship at WrestleMania, Goldberg, you know? So, yeah, that's my take. Uh, let's kick off from the start of the show, because we'll get back to that match again in a couple of minutes here. Um... Right off the top here, as we were saying, the first couple of matches, we had a really good sense of momentum. Uh, match number one, Samoa Joe uh, defeated Sami Zayn, I, uh, six to eight minutes, Kokita clutch in the finish. Uh, Kieran walks through this match. Um, well, Joe Joe and Zayn were on the turnbuckle, on the, on the top rope, uh, going for a super, uh, Joe was going for a suplex on Zayn, and Zayn fought out and was going for a sun, sunset flip uh, slash powerbomb um, over the top, uh, 
off the top uh, rope. Um, Zamora Joe blocked it, and uh, but Zane bounced uh, Joe's head off the turnbuckle, mm. and then goes for the Aluva kick. Uh, but as he walks in, Joe caught him in that uh, rock bottom uh, finisher he's got. And, yeah, the uh, Uranagi style throw. And, they start using and, since and, coming and, to uh, and and put him into the come uh, the the, the, clutch, the clutch, clutch, the clutch, the clutch, the um, clutch, and uh, that was it. He tapped out. Yeah, um, I kind of thought they might have had this match go a little bit longer, just because Sami Zayn is one of the few you know singles. Uh, baby faces on Raw, and he, he has an important part on the roster. But I thought Joe should look strong. I thought he did. Uh, I don't know where he goes to at Mania. Uh, Kieran, what are your thoughts? Um, I thought uh, it was a very good match. Um, I'm not sure about it being the uh, opener, but um, I thought, yeah, it was a top match for them. Um, it definitely felt like this show started high. In the middle, they kind of threw together stuff and then finished high, and that was their idea as to what would work. And in standard booking sense, that kind of applies, but I would have done this show differently. But Joe, anyway, Sean, Joe, Joe, Joe looked really well, really strong, and I think that was what the the point was to get over. He did, and to put him out first match means he's going to get the biggest reaction. Most likely, he'll get on the show. I mean, if they got to run a match, they're going really well. He might get an even bigger reaction, but on average, it's a safe place to put him on the show to try and get him over if he's an important new character. Sean, how do you feel about the match? I thought it was a pretty solid match. I don't have any major feelings about it. Uh, it was just good, a uh, good opener in my opinion. Uh, but like, as you said, we don't really know where it's where it's leading for Joe at the moment. But uh, you know, we'll find out. I'd say by tomorrow night. Yeah, I feel they've done a very good job since they brought him from the, to the main roster the night after the last pay per view Royal Rumble. Uh, and had him take out, as it turned out to be, uh, unintentionally, Seth Rollins. I thought all that worked out. And serendipitously, I thought you would never wish injury upon someone, but I thought the way Seth Rollins was injured in that angle, I would have booked that. <laughs> you know, I think the way this happened, it's like, you know, life oftentimes hands WWE their best stories, uh, as it does all of us. So uh, I thought that, you know, he's been on a great tear lately, and I think that they promoted him very well. Uh, after that match, we had a, a Bailey promo. Um, it is so weird how all these guys have to not look at the camera. I notice it every single time. Bailey was like looking at her shoes, probably looking at a cue card. Um, Bailey's incredibly likable. Her promos are really awkward, but it almost kind of works in a funny way because she is, you know, sincerely kind of working her way through. She's the shy, something. the shy like underdog. Like yeah, yeah, you know, it kind of sometimes that kind of works. So. So she got a promo talking about her match coming up and saying that she was indeed the underdog, a word I never have to ever hear in my life again. Um, now, match number two. You forgot uh, Nia Jax um, walked up. That's right. Nia Jax <laughs> walked up at the end of the promo. And what did she say, Kieran? Um, and uh, yeah, she was just uh, saying she she beat her for in, in at Raw and she was going for for the title like she was a mean girl and our, our friends uh, over at wrestlingobserver.com uh, Dave Meltzer uh, has been talking about them doing a four way at Wrestlemania for the women's title uh, tonight um, at Wrestlemania between um, Bailey Charlotte Sasha Banks Nia Jax and tonight's show really suggested that that's the way they're going because they booked the show with the idea that leaving you think that that's probably where they're going uh, match number two we had Enzo Amore and a uh, big cast against uh, Ga- um Gallus and Anderson for the tag team titles. Uh, nobody really expected the title change here, I don't think. Nobody I talked no. to certainly did. But one thing that I got to say, and I, I probably got to say it every show, really, the amount of effort that goes into the promos that Enzo and Cass do and how good they are together. You know, you're talking about the idea of them teasing the breakup. I think that's a terrible idea. 
Uh, what do you guys think about the idea of these guys staying together and their value of working with one another? Um, I think it's a terrible idea to uh, break them up. Um, they're so good together. They they seem to complement each other, um, especially for the when they when they're doing promos. Um, the only thing it that's for the promos, but in 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 the ring, I find. I think uh, Enzo is more of a, a a lagger than what he want than it, than he needs to be. Like you know, um, as an Irishman to our international audience, please describe a lagger. Um, he, <laughs> he he gets beaten up too much, you know, and he and he and he and he he gets he gets beaten up, but like he has nothing, he has no fight back, like you know, and it's all up to Big Cass. It's like he's like he's like uh, Big Cass is in a handicap match every tag team with uh, Enzo. I felt watching this match, I haven't seen too many of these guys' matches because I, I don't watch the Raw show too often. Um, and not the last couple of years, I cover NXT. I It really, the, the Ricky Steamboat rule, you know, uh, about fighting back every two shots, the idea of staying alive. When I was watching Enzo win there, and I think so highly of him as a promo, I really do. And they're both great athletes, but... I would have had Enzo fight back more. It felt like he was being ragdolled and he liked it. It felt like he was, you know, his focus was on selling what he got hit with rather than trying to make the tag. And as a viewer, as a fan, as someone who likes these guys, you want to allow yourself to believe that he really wants to make the tag because A, these moves hurt, and B, he wants Cass to win the match and he wants to be a good partner. Uh, Sean, did you Um, notice this and how do you feel about the match? uh, I definitely can see where you're coming from, but at the same time... You know, uh, I'm always kind of taken away by Enzo and Cass by their promos at the start. That just uh, brings me into it straight away. And I just think they're so entertaining to watch that, you know, little flaws like that. I'm more than willing to leave those slide because I just think they're really good performers. And like you said, you know, it takes it takes a lot out of uh, for a person to be able to do what Enzo does for the promos all the time. And, you know... The idea of splitting the team up, uh, I think it's an awful idea because, you know, you know, a fish needs water, you know? I don't see Enzo That was an awful a- analogy. It was terrible. <laughs> I was going to skip right past it. <laughs> Enzo, Enzo needs the credibility of Cass in the ring, and Cass I- needs the talking ability of Enzo, and they clearly like each other and have fun, and when you see two people have fun, it's it's a buzz to watch. They're so good together. Um but my like what what my point was for example for t- tonight um enzo's complete offense in in the whole match um was an insecurity on in the, floor, the back, yeah. yeah on the on the floor and uh he had a, he ducked um gallows and gallows went into the the ring post um that was that was enzo's offense like you know whereas but big cast got two uh, four well fall away slams two sting up splashes um he did he the whole comeback beat, he was beaten yeah he was beaten yeah, the both up I, like you know i think i've uh, uh dereliction of duty here i don't think i i said what the finish was which was anderson caught him with uh caught enzo with a knee to the face coming into the ring this is after enzo was doing the the heat cell obviously and uh cast made the hot comeback and it was a hot comeback and people were into the match and they were into all both these matches so yeah. 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 So uh, after that, we had McFoley on the um, and just uh, when when en- Anderson uh, went to pin uh, Enzo, 
Enzo got uh, his foot on the ropes. Remember That's that right. Very important note. Kick my butt here because it's five in the fucking morning, you know. So kick my butt here when stuff goes wrong. Um, it, it, with the finish, Enzo had his got his foot on the rope. As Kieran pointed out, his head and his arm were both also under the rope. But clearly, <laughs> that wasn't meant to happen. Yeah. But we were only supposed to mention the uh, notice a foot going on the rope, but. Uh, Gallows on the floor threw the foot back inside so Anderson could pin him. So that seems to be setting up for a rematch. Uh, a quick question before I move forward. So do you go, boys expect them to win the tag team titles? Maybe at WrestleMania because it certainly finishes sets up for a re- rematch. But do it on Raw or WrestleMania? Um, yeah, I I could see it. I could see it um, at WrestleMania because they're they're they're. they're the, the most popular they're so over they gotta do an entrance yeah, they're, like, if they're, they're on the pre-show at Wrestlemania I, I really think Enzo and Cass they gotta open Wrestlemania they're, you know? they're, yeah. they're the most popular uh, tag team on the roster at the moment and Raw's the biggest you know brand yeah, yeah, under yeah. the WWE I, logo I think, I think it would it would uh, make sense just to make them tag team champions at Wrestlemania I do too I, I think they're this generation's new age outlaws uh, you we, know, I think they'd ahead. be. Uh, I think they'd be great as tag team champions, but at the same time, you know, how how long have they been around now? Uh, for nearly a year at this point, um, but like they didn't need to put the titles on them before, and I think if they go about it the right way, they still might not have to because they can keep themselves over. You know, that is true. But how memorable has? Uh uh, Luke Gallows and uh, uh, Carl Anderson's uh, championship reign bin. I, I forgot suppose, they were champions yeah. until the show started. And I, I do keep up on things, you know? So it's like you tell me, I mean, the New Day, I they're not my favorite team, but I totally get why they're over. You know, the fans love them. And as champions, they were memorable. And so I see them running <laughs> with that. But as an intermediary, I don't see any other team but uh, Cass and Enzo to take the championships and go on it, a new story. It just, it just makes m- more sense, like, you know. It does, it does. <laughs> it's their time. Now, next we got uh, Stephanie on the phone with Mick Foley uh, saying that her flight was delayed. This came across very hokey. Uh, Mick Foley w- hung up the phone on her ultimately or jerked the handset out of the phone and that was the end of that. So basically what we're being told is Mick Foley is making the decisions for tonight, uh, which didn't really amount to much in the end. Does this hit you guys as being any major kind of plot point? Because to me, it just... I was... You know, Stephanie's a great performer, but as a heel, she, she drives me nuts. It's, well, she, uh, I think, you know, I think... Mick Foley's going to get in trouble tomorrow from Stephanie when she when he when she tell when she finds out that uh, he told he told Samoa Joe to stay away from the ringside, like you know. But but like even that, and we're jumping ahead here. But there's a segment right before the main event where but Foley tells Samoa Joe, like before that, she was on the phone. You know, he was on the phone to her. Yeah, and he was saying like, uh, I know what you you want me to do, and he uh, you want me to uh, tell Samoa Joe to stay away from the main event. Yeah, but she never yeah. confirmed that. No. So yeah. it, it it was you know when when they had the segment when Foley was talking to Joe and Foley said you shouldn't get involved. What was his phrasing or it's going to be bad. Um, there'll be hell to pay. There'll be hell to pay. <laughs> and Joe looked surly and walked away. And I was like, yeah. And I, I realized it's probably going to lead to, this is my guess, that's going to lead to Joe taking Foley out because, you know, a wrestling observer <clears throat> and, and the mainstream press and, and uh, pro wrestling has been talking about Foley, Mick Foley needing hip surgery for a while now and it being a matter of time before he's taken out of, of service. But for tonight's show, it really didn't make any sense. Sean? I ate a lot of food uh, this night, and at that point, I don't remember the segment because my food coma set in really hard. <laughs> Thank you. Very, very helpful. Uh, match number three. We got Sasha 
defeating Nia Jax, O'Connor Roll. Um, this was, to me, I Kieran was the one who said Sasha Banks uh, is going to win this match because she's lost a couple of matches to Nia Jax now. And certainly from the perspective of if you're trying to build a four-way at WrestleMania, then this would be the finish that you would do. Uh, Kieran, walk us through the key points of the match, you thought. Um, Nia uh, dominated the match, most of the match. Uh, she had a, she had a, um, uh, Sasha in a torture rack, mm-hmm. and uh, Sasha uh, switched out into a front face lock. But uh, when she was like in uh, Nia's hands, uh, arms, in, in as um, MMA we call a guillotine, yeah. and, and the crowd popped for it. And yeah. then and then Nia threw her up like a suplex, but she uh, Sasha caught on her back, and that was really impressive. Like yeah. Sasha never touched the ground. She flipped up, landed on her back, and uh, got a sleeper hold, and the crowd was popping for the sleeper hold. Nia broke it off in the corner. Sasha jumped on her back again and got the sleeper hold again, and the crowd popped again. It was like it was 1985 all over again. <laughs> the crowd liked this match. Yeah, and uh, Nia, the, the end of it was uh, Nia uh, just flattened um, Sasha with a leg, leg drop and picked her up for her finisher, which is the Samoa drop, and uh, uh, Sasha um, switched out and uh, rolled her up for the for the pin. The O'Connor roll. Yeah, uh, yeah it was... Uh, was there any interference? I'm trying to think. Was there anybody no. out there? No, no. It was just, it was just the O'Connor it was, roll. It was clean. It was clean. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was weird. It was, a, it was a good... It was uh, The crowd were into it. They were into it. And Nia Jax, we were all talking about tonight about how... You know she's playing this heel, but you don't really believe she's a she's a bad person. She seems too nice. Uh, Sean, how do you feel about the Nia Jax character, and uh, how about the match in general? Uh, as for the match, uh, as finish wise, I just I love seeing kind of finishes where it ends in a roll up as opposed to a finisher because mm-hmm. it it shows you know that you can have a variety of finishes for all the matches, and it feels it always feels fresh to see something different than you know what you see regularly as for the Nia Jax character I completely agree she's uh she just seems like a really nice nice person deep down and she's just putting on a face you know yeah um I think for Nia's Nia's uh, Jack's uh, character I think when when she doesn't talk and just beats up girls that's perfect like you know and I don't um, think she should talk too much in the ring either no. sometimes she said some kind of trash talking and it came across very forced I like think, it wasn't I her think, personality I think uh, she, w- she shouldn't do any promos I think she just should beat people up and um, like being this destroyer I think as well just a final point yeah. they've got to change her music I think <laughs> like you know tell us about the music <laughs> well it's just it's Kieran, tell us about the music. <laughs> to be fair, that that tune coming out your mouth is second only to all night hearing you say Scobin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> We had to listen to that for hours. It was like Goldberg. <laughs> the Dublin Strowman. Ten. <laughs> so next after this match, and obviously I was leading to the uh, four-way at WrestleMania. If it's not, I'll be surprised. Uh, the match itself, like it was a good match. It was a good babyface over match. It seems odd to me that after all the push that Nia Jax has gotten, that Sasha's going to beat her. But at the same time, Sasha is one of their strongest characters of either gender. So... 
I mean, why not go for it? I just feel that... We'll get to it later, but I feel that WrestleMania will be better one-on-one. Next, we had... This is where the drag started. Like, the first hour felt like... Even up to the finish of this match, okay, they got a direction. They have a purpose for why this match is happening. I'm not saying that there won't ultimately be some form of purpose for the next hour and 15 minutes of the show. But it was... Not only was it matches whose that were not important to the general viewing audience. They were not marquee matches, and they were not marquee feuds. But the way they were presented, the next two matches were presented by Jinder Mahal... Hard buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Mahal. (laughs) Being set up by having an argument with the handsome Rusev before the show, and McFoley said, Okay, you two are having a problem, so you're both going to wrestle someone on the show. And as soon as I see that pre-match package i'm thinking okay whether i watch this pre-show or during the show you're telling me you have 45 minutes of tv time to kill and so you're going to throw these guys out there in a half-assed you know half brain angle which you have not been thinking of for more than about 20 seconds Mm -hmm. and so what we wound up getting and okay so rusev comes out with jinder mahal they have to decide who's going to have the first match against an unnamed opponent. Both unnamed opponents yet to come up. They also look bad because they're unnamed. If they're brought in at the last minute as an unnamed opponent, the UFC, if you're brought in at the last minute as an unnamed opponent, it means that by and large, unless there's a Anderson Silva coming at the last minute and there's a giant media frenzy about it, it means you're not important. And so it positions the guys who come in as the two mysteries inherently as being unimportant and this time in the show as being unimportant because until an hour before this pay-per-view started, apparently it was only meant to run for two hours because they didn't have this big block in the middle of this stuff that they booked an hour before the show. So the first thing we get is Cesaro defeats Jinder Mahal because we start with Rusev and Jinder fighting in the ring over who's going to start the match. The fight spills onto the floor and the move that Jinder knocked out Rusev with on the floor what was that? he threw him into the timekeeper's bell. Yeah, he gave him like a knee over the... Uh barrier I think it was and uh, to me like I'm watching the match I'm not thinking this is going to be a move that has someone sell longer than any match on the show yeah you know what I mean like this is just like these guys are brawling and it didn't feel like they were building up to some key spot so as a result Jinder winds up in the house in the match uh, he loses to Cesaro when Rusev finally recovers after 10 minutes and looks angrily at him and Jinder goes oh dear much like the main event with Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho so he turns around gets beaten by an uppercut by Cesaro and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bundle these both together and get everybody's thoughts on both of them together because it's kind of one big segment. And then after that, Rusev and Jinder fight again. This time, Rusev gets the best of Jinder. Then we hear Big Show's music. Big Show comes out, chokeslams him three times, and beats him with a knockout punch while he's already unconscious in the corner of the ring. That is Rusev, which certainly lends one to suspect that maybe they got plans for Big Show coming up. They're going to knock out such an important mid-card heel on the Raw roster. There's talk about Big Show versus... Shock at Wrestle Shock the wrestler, uh, the wrestler uh, at WrestleMania from, uh, of course, uh, the basketball world. Um, one would think coming out of this because Big Show doesn't have a program right now. H- how did you guys feel about this whole package? Because to me, this is bizarre. Big Show, if he goes into something immediately on Raw, I guess is momentum. I don't. I think this hurt Rusev more than it would ever help Big Show. But 
if they booked it like this, I figure that it's got to be going to a big match. And Cesaro, I think, nobody's going to remember this match, him winning this match. It was, this is about Jinder and Rusev, and Cesaro is placed even further below them again. So the way the, that the fact that he was an unannounced opponent and he won because two friends were bickering, much like the main event, I don't think helps Cesaro at all. I think it makes it actually worse that he was positioned like this. Uh, Kieran, how do you feel about this whole thing? Um, I thought it was the biggest... It was weird from the very start to finish. I thought it complete, complete bizarre. Like, because there's been there's been a little tension between Ro- Rusev and Jinder on, on Raw. And tell me about but, this thing, because you've been covering Raw uh, for Wrestling Inquirer, so... Tell me. Sometimes, see, like the, the, the past week or two, they've uh, they've actually they've lost um, their match because of a bit of a mi- missed uh, missed uh, communication. communication. Yeah. But nothing like this. I like, uh, like it, nothing was uh, planned or anything like that. So and this was a this a, it was that just, escalated quickly kind of situation. Yeah, it they was just threw just, it in there. It was just throwing out, throwing in uh, to the to to the show tonight. Not I, I was it, like it wasn't even announced on Raw. Like you know, um, it was it must have been something they just put up, put up, um, around about uh, together on the pre- the pre-show or something. Yeah, like, that, that's, know, where, that's um, where the Foley clips are from, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just thought the two matches were absolutely bizarre. Like, you know, um, uh, especially the Big Show. The Big Show... Big Show pretty much had a squash match with Rusev, yeah. you know, and Rusev, you know, he's a 300-pound uh, monster pretty much, like, you know, and, like, Big Show, like, you know, if he beats him, he beats him, but, like, like three choke slams plus a, a knockout punch, which uh, the knockout punch was absolutely dreadful as well, like, you know, it just made no sense, and it just complete, complete bizarre, like, you I, know. I can, if, if, if Big Show's going to wrestle Shaq at WrestleMania, and they're trying to give him some major momentum for out of the show in that regard I can get the logic I can get that much Sean how'd you feel about the whole segment uh, the whole segment really just felt like uh, it would have been just fine on a Raw yeah to be honest with definitely. you like, yeah, were- yeah. on a Raw I wouldn't, it wouldn't have bothered me I don't watch most Raws you know um, I don't mean that badly but they're 3 hours and 15 minutes it's insane yeah and like I just you know like we were talking about this already how like the difference between the Smackdown roster and the Raw roster is that Raw has much more depth to their roster so they could have easily done something else like they could have I don't know, giving the New Day a match. And I think that they would have been more entertaining, no disrespect to the four guys who were involved they, in the segment. Cer- they but certainly are more marquee players on the show and thus wouldn't have felt like they're just trying to buy time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I Like, even if you if you did, like, a, a tag team with uh, uh, Jinder and Rusev versus uh, Zazaro and Sheamus, Sheamus that, would yeah. be be- sure, that would be better. Sure, it would have been, yeah. It just made... It just—it was complete bizarre from the very start of the segment to the end, like you know. And yeah, I, yeah. I think they probably went in trying to get over the big show. That—that's my guess. So they thought, how do we get over the big show? And they wound up with this big, complicated. You know, last time I checked, they had like twenty-nine writers. I don't know if that's still the case, but it sounds to me like they had okay segment, get over big show. We're doing the Shack match. And they had everybody pitching an idea, and they did all of them. So by the end, it was such a mess of so many ideas, so many people bickering, so many people fighting, that by the end, you just didn't want to see any of it. I am shocked that they would have 29 writers. <laughs> like, you ever heard the term, uh, too many chefs in the uh, kitchen? Yes, and, and that's very much what it is. You know, Vince McMahon is ultimately the chef, but if you've got that many people pitching ideas... 
you are like less is more. You know, you, you don't it, same same psychology about how a singles match can be much more effective than a four way or a six way or an eight way. Uh, after this, we had a Kevin Owens promo. He was backstage. I thought he came across very effectively <coughs> as a heel. Um, you know, he's such a hard worker, and going to tonight's show, you kind of think to yourself, he's a very effective heel. I like him, but as a character, I enjoy disliking him, and that's that's what you want. Um, but I, I thought coming to tonight's show that I was worried that because they presented to these days as sports entertainment rather than pro wrestling, and they talk about earning it and you deserve it, as in championships are handed over by a, via booking decisions, and then the idea that Triple H picks the guy or Stephanie picks the girl, and every, they have this power which supersedes athletic ability. So they're telling this story about it being a soap opera, about politics more than, at times, it being an actual sport. And when you're doing it like that, and when you're making about the soap opera and about the real lives and talking shoot this and shoot that... Kevin Owens is a guy who's been wrestling straight for 20 years now, and he's uh, worked his butt off, and he's done an absolutely phenomenal job, and he's on the road all the time, and he's very entertaining. And then you have Goldberg, who I love. I'm a giant fan of Goldberg, but he's had one match. The second match, maybe you could call it the Royal Rumble, where he's in it for a couple of minutes. He was in for a very short amount of time and looked very wooden in there. And you're thinking, okay, he hasn't wrestled in 12 years. He had the big, heartwarming comeback against a Brock Lesnar character that's genuinely dislikable. That's fine. But going up against Kevin Owens, are people going to see through this veneer and see Goldberg they're trying to sell tickets with win one match in 90 seconds or a minute or two minutes on the back of this other guy who's been working for 20 straight years and is still working today. And when you think about the stories they're telling about it being sports entertainment, I was really worried that they're going to come into this show and the fans are going to go the opposite direction. I'm going to hold off on your thoughts on that until we introduce the main event because we've talked about half the main event so far. The next match after the, the Kevin Owens promo was Neville Wrestling, Jack Gallagher defending his championship, the Cruiserweight Championship. He he won via the Red Arrow, marking a return to his high-flying style. Uh, Kieran, how do you feel about this match? Um, it was. Uh, I I thought it would, the uh, one thing I would uh, would want to point out was the crowd were absolutely not into it at all at the start. Yeah. But uh, by the end, they were chanting, "This is awesome." So I almost thought they were chanting that ironically because at one point I went, "Oh, I'm so done with this show," and about ten seconds later. One of you guys pointed out they're chatting, this is awesome. Mm. I liked the match, and I agree that by the end, I thought I thought it was better that it went, if it went, let's say, 12 minutes, I think it was better at 12 than 6, because the crowd was resistant at first, in the middle, certainly, but by the end, they certainly got them with some... Jack Gallagher almost killed himself. He landed on his head a couple of times. One bump off the top, one <coughs> German suplex where he landed right on his shoulder, and that's... That's just bad news right there. That's that's just, you know, you're asking for injury if you do that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was like a, a German suplex, and it wasn't like a normal German suplex. It was like a, a real throw. Yeah, like, and he know. landed on his head and neck. Yeah, it was, yeah. And Jack Gallagher doesn't and, have a big physique and then, and then as well, like, you know, he did um, a, a backdrop from the top rope, yeah. which is another uh, head head uh, move, like, you know, um, landing on your, your head, like, you know, so, you know, it's uh, it was... They were they were they were going for they were going all out in this match like you know. Hey Sean, I was thinking watching this match. I'm thinking to myself, you know, I like this match. I like these guys, but this kind of feels like this is a a promo for cruiserweight. You know, for the two hundred five show. Uh, that's the day after after NXT on on the Wednesdays uh, or on the Tuesdays. Excuse me after uh, after SmackDown. And every time they show up on Raw or on the pay per views, I always kind of think this is. 
Even the purple ropes are telling me this is a secondary or even third airy promotion, that this is a lesser, lesser, lesser title, a lesser, lesser, lesser brand. That's what I always feel is like these guys aren't important enough to be mainstays on the Raw brand. They have their own show, which is really small in the network. And once a week, they pop their heads up for a couple of minutes to do a three or four minute match. And then they're back to the dregs where they belong again. And to me, after the last two matches that felt really thrown together and really rushed in terms of planning and execution, uh, storyline wise I felt that this was not the match to bring the crowd back awake again even though I thought the two guys did a good job and by the end I thought the match itself was very good how do you feel about it uh, I can agree with your points there but um, like I really enjoyed the match you know I think Jack Gallagher is a phenomenal perf- performer he's so unique in his style like when he done the handstand on the, on the turnbuckle and then whenever Neville would follow him in he just put his legs up and he'd back off I thought that was that was that really was cute. cute you know when they when they bring this British wrestling uh, into uh, North America I mean we've seen it a couple of times in NXT now they, we've yeah. seen Tyler Bate the UK champion who has a lot of uh, really neat British style moves and we've seen a couple of British uh, matches on NXT now um, with guys fighting out of England with that classic British style that Johnny Saint and, and so many of the guys back in the day used to have the world of sport guys uh, Robbie Brookside uh, who's a, a coach in NXT still last I uh, in the developmental there last I checked uh, a guy who gave a, some very great advice to me which I appreciate very much uh, a little while ago um, so I think when they bring this stuff in it's working NXT it's even working on the main roster and you know in a show you gotta use when you're fighting from below like that you gotta use that space to do something unique and when they do something unique I mean the crowd tonight you gotta give it to them when stuff was being booked well or guys were performing in a way that was interesting and original the crowd was there for them it's just in the middle it felt like the bookers gave up not the wrestlers yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah um, just two things on, on the, the Cruiserweight match yeah um, firstly it it ended with um, uh, Neville doing the red arrow for the pin. So and that's that's the he, first time in a few months, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he retained the cruiserweight championship. Um, also, um, they the the commentators were trying to get over that Neville wasn't taking Jack Gallagher serious, mm-hmm. but. Um, over the past couple of weeks on Raw, like you know, Gallagher's um, come um, on top of uh, Neville. Like you know, he in the in the uh, contract signing, um, uh, ne- uh, Gallagher stood tall while uh, Neville backed down, uh, back, back to the ramp, and uh, also um, he uh, Gallagher beat. Um, uh, Neville's partner in a tag team match last week so mm-hmm. you know take what you will from that like you know but um, that, that sounds to me like if I'm as I hear it especially with the champion who is as big physically and clearly on a push as Neville is right now uh, and I think everybody agrees that him versus Austin Aries is the obvious match for Wrestlemania I don't know main card or pre-show judging by the promo before the match started it looks like that's what the direction they're going for as well yeah I think so Austin Aries is on commentary for the match and I, I hope they put on the WrestleMania main show, not because I think it'll get the biggest reaction or even that it won't get the worst reaction in a sense, but if you're going to do anything with the Cruiserweight division, you have to make it a mainstay on all the main shows. And on Raw, I mean, I've seen a lot of these results the last couple of weeks and the last month or two, and they've, on many Raw shows, given the Cruiserweights only a couple of minutes to either wrestle or do their angle. And when you present it as being throwaway like that, on the pay-per-view, people are going to feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that was Neville versus Jack Gallagher. Uh, Neville winning with the Red Arrow. He used, at uh, the Royal Rumble, he used uh, the finisher that I've been using for a long time, uh, or did when I wrestled. God, it's been 10 years now. Uh, I call it the Stew Lock. It was based on a move that Stu Hart showed me in the, the dungeon in Calgary. Uh, it was later used, I remember uh, Tyson Kidd using it, um, uh, TJ Wilson, uh, who's uh, married to Natty Neidhart, uh, using it on SmackDown 2009. And Batista used it at the start of 2010. Uh, it's like a double arm. It's similar to the Rings of Saturn that Perry Saturn does, but this is like a cross between that and the, the Crippler crossface, where he pulls on the head as well. Um, so, but he's ditched that. He's going back to the high flying moves. And I think because Neville as a heel, it's not like anybody really hates him. He's playing an angry guy, like it's a Disney movie. He does a lot of over the top theatrical, physical gesticulations in terms of his facial movements. But nobody really hates the guy. And given that that's the case, that he's not really clicking as a full on heel anyway. You might as well give spots that are entertaining on the way. Next, we had a Paul Heyman promo. I really enjoyed this. Uh, Paul Heyman, of course, is one of the great minds in pro wrestling, and it's always wonderful to see him on the screen. Uh, Kieran, remind me. Uh, tell, tell me a little bit about what Paul Heyman was talking about in his promo. Um, well, um, I think he's the he's the one guy who actually takes a wrestling match and makes it sort of um, feel... If this was real. Yeah, it, it, he makes it feel real. Yeah. Um, and he was talking about um, whatever happens in the Universal title match tonight, uh, Brock Lesnar's the winner because um, if Goldberg wins... Brock Lesnar's gone for the title at WrestleMania. If Brock Lesnar, um, if Goldberg loses, um, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman see a weakness that uh, Goldberg has that they haven't actually seen yet, and uh, Brock Lesnar's going to exploit it at uh, WrestleMania. Yeah, uh, really good. He broke it down like it was a sports event. I thought it was beautiful. How are you on Paul Heyman promos, Sean? Oh, I'm a massive fan of Paul Heyman. I uh, just because. You know, like, he has a great track record of just doing unbelievable promos. I don't think I've ever heard him once not being entertaining. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't have much to say on it, really, but just he done a really great job, as usual, and he really did uh, sort of build up the anticipation for the main event even more. Okay, match number seven on the show tonight. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. Roman Reigns winning via spear. Kieran, I know you're fascinated by this. I'm extremely excited. <laughs> Strowman. <laughs> uh, Strowman is my favorite wrestler at the moment, especially with uh, uh, Jerry. Uh, Get out. Jerry. Jerry KO. It's the bro- gold. Breaking up, like, you know, which I'm a huge a fan of no I'm I'm a huge fan of not ha- uh, of of it not happening ever again like it, you know, it, it is the saddest it, thing like Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho yeah. that was the hottest thing on Raw yeah, for like yeah, six really months right? yeah, yeah. And I was heartbroken I, 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 I like I, I've got it on my reviews like you know like I I think I thought I thought that the the segments that they were doing were getting better better and better every week like yeah. you know and it was just uh, like uh, like I was saying to Blake earlier like you know I could watch two and a half hours of absolutely dirt from of Raw <laughs> <laughs> just to see the 15-20 minutes of Jarek KO like you know I, when, when just... I heard you were going to cover Raw every week for the website I was like are you because literally Kieran and I had this conversation it was like uh, he's he was talking for like 10 minutes about everything he hated about Raw he said oh by the way I'm going to start doing the reviews for the website I'm like why <laughs> I thought you were about to tell me you were going to stop watching WWE again <laughs> um 
but uh, yeah, like you know, this match, um, it was, it was. It, like, I, I, I thought it did really well um, for what they can, they can do. Like, you know, I thought what this pointed out to me is that, like, when they went to their first finisher, I don't remember what it was. It was before the first spear, but the crowd. I, I was impressed by Roman Reigns' athleticism. I was thinking that the match would get over more because I couldn't fathom them not booking it like a last man standing match, a brawl in the crowd, doing stuff with dasher boards and tables because that's been the whole build-up. And they do that way too much these days, but if you ever are two guys who need that, these are the two guys. And when I looked at this whole match, I'm looking at the crowd does not love Roman Reigns enough to care when he's selling, and they don't hate Braun Strowman enough to want him to lose. So for most of this match, they were just kind of silent. They were into it for the first two minutes for the kind of novelty. And then when it started the near falls and the finishers where guys would go back and forth with random choke slams slash powerbomb related spots where you'd lift them high in the air, do a sort of spin and a guy would reverse and then some guy would land. And like they, they do these kind of kickouts all the time these days. Uh, God bless. I love John Cena versus AJ Styles, but they're so guilty of this. They have done so many. I'm gonna flip them three times this way, two times this way, and go for the and pit and uh, throw them down. Go for the cover. As Sean said before the show, I've never beaten them with this move, but tonight I am shocked that I yeah. did not win the freaking match. You know, well, so like this is my point with Goldberg. Like you know, like. This uh, with 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 Strowman, like you know, why he's got so um, over is because he destroys people in two or three minutes, and yep. this match went on for maybe what what ten minutes, maybe fifteen. I'd 15? say he's easy, yeah, maybe fifteen. You know, and he just can't do that. Like you know, and, he, and I was he, saying leading he, into this show, before the show started, I was saying Strowman's in trouble now because until now he's been in the mid card and he can beat guys up, he can do short angles on Raw, he can have short matches, he can do three-on-one matches, he can even do matches with Sami Zayn, where Sami sells most of the match and then loses. But once you get to the main event scene, they're not going to book him like that with Brock Lesnar, they're not going to book him like that with Goldberg, they're not going to book him like that with Roman Reigns, or John Cena, or AJ Styles. So when he gets to there, the momentum of this particular kind of character, unless he's really interesting, stops. And I really like what they've done the last six months, but to me, this is his purpose. I don't think Roman Reigns is the right guy to lose to, but he's meant to lose to a babyface in a substantial yeah. semifinal match. I, so, I, I agree with you. I agree with yeah. you. Like, you know, but, you know, like, he, um, for the past f- four or five weeks on Raw, he's been destroying Robin Reigns in two or three minutes flat. Well, you that's know? what you're talking and, about, Jack, Jack and, Gallagher again. Yeah, you know, same well, thing. Like, as yeah, yeah, but like, my point is, to, tonight... He was there for a good two minutes with a rest hold on Robin Reigns. Yeah. Like, what's the point in doing that when you can beat him in two or three minutes um, clean um, on Raw right. for the past two or three mo- uh, right. week, weeks? Like, you know, it's you almost know what like saying? they said like, we have know? these two characters here, but on the pay per view, they're actually two different characters. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, they, they're, they're closer. They're closer yeah. on in, in quality, like, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, I, I see what you mean. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, like with, with the. With the with with the build up, um, with uh, Stra- Straubin beating Ro- Robin Reigns um, um, up like two or three times um, over the past couple of weeks on Raw, and uh, uh, Ro- Robin Reigns never given up, and uh, I think this is a uh, this is the pay payoff for uh, Robin Reigns, and he won he won the match. 
I thought he looked really good in this match, to be honest. Of Reigns? Yeah. Are you a fan of Roman Reigns? Uh, I was when he was starting out, and, it, and I was trying I was trying so hard to keep being a fan of him for a good long while after he started to get all the hate when he uh, started going alone. And Are you trying to be loyal? Yeah, I'm trying, but, like, you know, it's Johnson really hard. Uh, yeah, he's a bit like that. But at the <laughs> same time, you pointed out, like, tonight with the with you know the white accents on his gear he is trying out new stuff and he is getting a bit more creative with his he's character he's a really good athlete he's smart he's talented he's just not the guy they're trying to present him as and if they ever figure out who he really is or he figures out who he really is and they can they can allow him to elaborate on that and be that he will be so popular yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean I or mean, so hated I mean like uh, just go through this match like you know um, Roman Reigns was uh, like he was trying to um, figure out a way to to, to stop or um, uh, beat uh, Strowman at the start uh, Str- Strowman was like overpowering him so much um, uh, he, uh, Str- Strowman pretty much dominated most of the match um, but uh, Robin Reigns at the end um, he got two Superman punches um, Ro- uh, Strowman ran uh, right into the ring post um, banging his head off the, t- the ring post and he 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 got uh, Robin Reigns got a, a spear and uh pinned uh, Roman, uh, Strowman like you know I, I did not expect to be that clean if nothing else yeah. I mean at the very least hit him with something yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean yeah. and I don't mean As- to be heelish but it just seemed it was it was amazingly especially, clean especially especially um, since last week on Raw he got uh, well, Strowman got speared through the announce uh, the crowd barricade and he didn't even stay down for more than like 30 seconds yeah but if you're if you're setting up strong if you're setting up uh, Roman Reigns versus Undertaker I'm not saying that is or isn't the way you should go but if that's what you're doing this is the right finish for that so I understand yeah that's, uh, that's my that's, I, I said they were they had a good they they did it as well as they could and that's my, my point yeah I, I think they could have done better I think it should have been a crowd brawl match I don't think an in the ring chin lock style in the middle worked for it uh, I thought it was underwhelming, personally. Uh, then we had McFoley and Samoa Joe. This is the part we talked about earlier where McFoley approaches Samoa Joe backstage, says, you're not welcome in the main event, and if I see you again... That'd be hell to pay. That'll be hell to pay. Okay, so next up we got match number eight. Now, I was dying by this point. I was like, the momentum of the show, the first three matches are so good, and like our network is buffering like crazy and everything, but just the energy was there, and they had direction. On all three matches, had some form of purpose and yeah. some form of star power. And like the last hour for me after that, just just killed the thing right through. I mean, Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman, the intros felt kind of like okay, here's something. But within two or three minutes of the match, I was back to being low again. Like there were there wasn't you know the quality of storytelling or or work that would get you back into it. We had the the Foley Joe segment, which kind of much of a muchness. Then we have match number eight, the, the semi main event. Bailey defeated Charlotte. I still haven't processed oh, this freaking thing. I have so much thing. anger towards this. Excellent. Okay, we're gonna kick into this thing. Bailey defeated Charlotte to break her singles pay per view record by the interference, not once but twice, of Sasha Banks. Bailey finally beat Charlotte with the belly to Bailey in the center of the ring making her out to be a total heel first of all Charlotte was coming to the ring which stopped uh, not Charlotte uh, um, 
Sasha Banks. Sasha. Sasha Banks is coming to the ring, which <laughs> stops Charlotte from doing a high spot off the top to the floor. So Charlotte goes towards her. They get into a kerfuffle. Then it goes back into the ring again between uh, between Charlotte and Bailey. And then uh, Sasha Banks gets involved again to break up Charlotte having a pin on Bailey. And then when Bailey finally wins, it's like, oh my God, you are such a heel. And even the crowd booed. Sean, go. Okay, so from the get-go of this uh, Bailey Charlotte arc, uh, they gave Bailey the title on a Raw, which sort of makes no sense to me because they should have made her out to be the biggest underdog. Who who is the biggest babyface in the women's division on Raw? Charlotte, obviously, based on the match, but it should be Bailey because if you look at if you look at her track record on NXT, she was unbelievable and they booked her so perfectly, but then. Like, giving her the title on Raw sort of ruins the potential moment of the WrestleMania match. Yes. And that's also when you're supposed to beat uh, Charlotte's record in the pay-per-view. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm uh, bubbling over here. I was saying saying to my buddy Ryan there a few weeks ago how I would have sort of booked it in a sense that uh, she should have lost uh, this match uh, by... I don't know interference or another cheat or whatever, and then by WrestleMania, uh, every obstacle that came in her way in the past will come up, but she would have learned from that, and she'll like counter all of the possible ways that Charlotte could have cheated, and then by Mania she could have won the title for the first time, and then that would be a much bigger thing. But then they just start to through all that sort of potential storytelling away, yeah. just and it didn't make any sense because, like you said. It really made Bailey out to be more heelish you, than anything. You, you, you said what I've got in my review of that show of Raw, pretty much word for word, like you know, oh. like just there, like you know. Great minds, like, eh? Yeah, exactly, like yeah. you know. I don't know. Is it disrespectful that I didn't read your review, or <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to say that? Uh, then, like, if you look back, you reference NXT and Bailey's story until she finally beat Sasha Banks for the championship there at uh, the fir- first Brooklyn show, uh, Takeover Brooklyn. You had the story of Bailey fighting her way up, losing the championship match, and starting at square one again. And you had this over and over until the crowd got to a point where it was boiling over, ready for her to win. Whereas here in WWE, on the main roster, how long has she been here? Like four months? Five months? And when you look at the layout of this, she lost straight up to Charlotte the Royal Rumble, right? At the big show in Texas, at the big Alamo Dome in Texas. She lost to Charlotte, and that seemed to be the end of the singles program for the time being. And then she gets this random rematch for no particular reason on Raw, only a week or two later, and then she wins the belt on Raw. And it was it was a great match, it was a great moment, even the finish was done perfect. Dana Brooke ran out to help Charlotte, so Sasha ran out to even it up, and Bailey won. It was a perfect, you know, um, you know, good overcomes evil, evil tried to do two-on-one, so good uh, came back with two-on-two, and they won the match, and it was all perfect. But if you're going to have that finish, do it at the Royal Rumble. Don't do it on Raw. And if you're going to do it on Raw... Don't do it on Raw. Wait until WrestleMania. I, so just the, the pacing of when they delivered the key spots just feels so far off to me. And the way this match finished made Bailey out to be a total heel. I thought the one the match from Raw was such a great match, but it was for WrestleMania yeah. rather than Raw. Like you yeah. know, yeah. But you know, uh, tonight, like you know, 
I do not know what was the plan or like if that if they messed up something, but like because it just it made zero sense. And I'm a fan of the the women's wrestling, like you know, over the past couple of months, and with uh, Bailey and with Charlotte, and it's so it's it's so much talent. Um, but tonight, I I just. It's it, it left me speechless, like you know. Just the booking of the whole division. Yeah, just yeah, like you you tell you tell us what what happened at the end, like you know, what he just did, like you know, like Sasha Banks interfered for the bait the face. We baby were all face. waiting for her to turn on Bailey. We yeah. were all like, she has to turn on Bailey because if she doesn't turn on Bailey now, Bailey is a dick. Yeah. They did the whole story two or three weeks ago on Raw where Bailey is being told she should give up the championship because she won it unfairly. And so they're questioning her reign already a couple of weeks ago on Raw. And it kind of... And then she says, no, I'm going to keep this belt. There's kind of 25% of you that goes, well, they kind of made a point that, you know, there was interference leading to the finish on your behalf at the very, very end. And if you hadn't questioned it, it would have been fine. But if you're going to question it as a character... You know, this kind of brings your character into question in a way that isn't useful to do. So I wouldn't have brought this up in the first place. And then you get to the pay-per-view and you double down on that by having her excited about this victory. And even if like the commentators tried to tell a story that she didn't see either of the interferences, neither, not, not both of, neither of the two interferences from Sasha she saw. And... It's just, it's hokey. And even if on Raw tomorrow, if Sasha turns on her, which would not surprise me too much, but it would make it three heels and one baby face at WrestleMania. But even if Sasha turns on her tomorrow, for this 24-hour period, we got Bailey celebrating the fact that she won a championship or maintained one, in this case, two-on-one. And that is just not a light you want to see her in if you want to feel sympathetic and, and excited about her challenging to break through that glass ceiling and succeed, you know? Well, well, the, the, whole, the whole Bailey character is on the dog, you know? Um, and t- 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 tonight, like, you know... Um, it's it was it was a a, a, a face uh, interfering to help Bailey the face against the heel. So it's two on one against the heel, and that makes like it's backwards. Like you know, it's completely yeah. backwards. Like you know, it, yeah. and 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 then he, he she didn't uh, Sasha didn't interfere once, but she came back and did it twice. Like you know, and then and then uh, Bailey got um uh, uh, like a, a special move um. Uh, like very cheaply as well like you know so uh, it was just completely I'm going to use the word neutered I feel like a bunch of really great baby faces were neutered on this show I feel that like people left the Bailey match liking her way less people left the Goldberg match liking him way less you know and this happened systematically you know the Roman Reigns match they actually wound up he had more credibility afterwards, that's fine, but they kind of liked him less. And he's beaten everybody Ugh. anyway, including Triple H at WrestleMania last year. So He's still not like booed uh, tomorrow. Like, you know. It's not like beating Braun Strowman is going to help Roman, but it hurts Braun. So it, it kind of... I do get and, it, and, but this show doesn't give anybody momentum coming and, out of and it. And of course, like, you know, like I was saying to you before the show... Seth Rollins, like you know, that they're, they're just burying him. Our every last two week, segments like, on know. the show the first one is Seth Rollins in the ring on Raw. It's doing a recap of this for the pay per view because they didn't do anything live on the pay per view, which is <laughs> kind of funny when you think about it since it's the last stop before WrestleMania. I'm not saying that means they should, it depends on the angle, it depends on the circumstance. But I had heard 
so many reports and Kieran telling me about how this went down and you know I, I love to listen to the media and the analysis as much as the actual shows themselves and it really came across and I've seen this a million times over I don't need to see it again a baby face against Triple H and Triple H being presented as the guy in charge the guy who's dominant the guy who's strong and the heel coming across and the baby face coming across as the guy who is weak and submissive and indecisive and this recap from Raw even choosing the best moments from the recap it made for me Seth come across like he was weak and why is he even being interviewed if he's not ready to be here and then Triple H comes out and cuts his promo on him about you better not come to Wrestlemania despite the fact that Seth just said I'm not going to Wrestlemania so it's like why did Hunter even come out there unless Seth was coming out and saying that he was promising that he was going to make it back. It made no sense to me. Kieran, you covered the show. Well, like, um, like the the story, the story. Um, watching the the show, the the Raw uh, episode, um, it was an interesting little story. They were trying to say, like, you know, that I think, like, you know, that um, it's pretty much the hunted turned into the hunter. Uh, no, the other way around. <laughs> no, <laughs> because, no, 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 that, that's the only way it can go. Okay, it, because, it has because to be that way. Uh, yeah, yeah. Seth Rollins for uh, for months has been trying to get Triple H back on Raw to 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 start a fight with him because uh, he uh, because Triple H ba- backstabbed Seth Rollins. But the one time that a uh, uh, Triple H showed up on Raw, he showed up with uh, Samoa Joe. And he he inter, uh, re-injured his his, uh, his leg, and it, now it looks like Ro, Ro, uh, Seth, Seth Rollins is going to miss uh, WrestleMania. Like, you you know? are explaining this so much better than their packages did. Their packages made me irritated with everybody involved. You setting up the story as in Hunter is avoiding Seth until Seth is hurt, and now he's playing big man on campus. That. The way you encapsulate that last 60 seconds is so much more effective than they've done over all the packages. Because I keep up on stuff on YouTube and I keep up on stuff with all the packages and, and all the reviews. that that And the packages they did on this show to explain that storyline. The way you did it was so much better. They should really hire you and have you explain <laughs> what is going on and why it is important. His CV you, is up on Indeed.8. <laughs> how are you feeling about this uh, program going to WrestleMania, Sean? Uh, Triple H versus Seth Rollins. Uh, I suppose, like, they have been building this up for a long time, obviously, but, um, yeah, like, in, in recent weeks, it's just, it's it's been very confusing on how they're doing it. I feel like they're, you know, WWE has a tendency to bury a lot of people unnecessarily, mm. and, you know, that uh, video package didn't help Seth Rollins at all. No. Or even, like... Or, or make Triple H any bigger. Like, yeah. Triple H has beaten everybody for 20 years. We get it. Just makes him out to be a bully. Yeah. And, and it's just so... It's just so cheap, you know? Well, Seth is really cheesy. Well, like, um, the, 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 the point I want to make as well is the, the stuff, the, the content that uh, they've given Rollins is so weak. It makes him look so weak compared to Triple Every H. Every promo I hear, Seth is like whining and complaining and nasally and, and, and just there's some injustice happening in the world. And he sounds like that kind of quintessential Greenpeace guy that she wants to throw off the boat. You know, he just like, he's complaining all the time. And you know, you were saying about like uh, the video package tonight, uh, picking out the best bits, like... Well, that was that. I watched the show, or the the Raw show, and that was pretty much 
all that Seth Rollins said. Like, you know, wow. yeah, like a little short uh, segment at the start where he was like, will I, won't I make it to WrestleMania? And then Triple H talked for about five or 10 minutes. And then at the very end, uh, Seth Rollins had a final line, like, you know, which made no sense as well. Like, you know, it was like... Yeah, what was the line? It was like, it was like, if it was, if... If if it's the last thing I do, it's going to be the last thing you do. It's like something like that. It's just like, like, what? It was like, oh dear, I wanted this show to go an hour. That's not going to happen. It's like if I can go on down I'm dragging you um, down. By the be- way, like that was way better. By by the way, um, just final point on on uh, Seth Rollins. Make as you want, goddamn. Um, like I think, um, I would f- much prefer seeing Seth Rollins versus Samoa Joe at WrestleMania. Me too. Yeah. Um, then yeah. see uh, Seth Rollins versus Triple H because um, at least tri- uh, Seth Rollins versus Samoa Joe, you, you're gonna like, you're gonna have uh, a, a a guy who tried to end. Uh, another wrestler's career, and he's come, and uh, this other wrestler's coming back to get his hands on the on the on on the guy who tried to end his career. But like with Triple H, uh, I I just I can't I don't get I don't have any um, motivation to to cheer Seth Rollins if he gets his hands on Triple H. I don't. Yeah. Like, like it's not it's not going to do anything for Triple H to wrestle Seth, but it'll do a lot for Joe to wrestle Seth at WrestleMania. Yeah, I think they would have more synergy together. I mean, Triple H, this is another one of those take the legend out of the freezer, it's WrestleMania kind of things. Yeah. So, you know, like Undertaker, like so many guys at this point. Brock Lesnar only wrestles a couple of times a year, and it's becoming very stylized and very staged. And Triple H comes out, and he either beats a guy like Sting, which he should not have won that oh match. Oh my god, that was ridiculous. <laughs> it was such a fun match and such a downer ending. And them saying that this this proves WWE or WWF as it would have been back in the days better than WCW was like, dude, he wrestled a 55, 56 year old man, and and uh, this is Sting's first WWE match. Sting should have won that match and gone into Hall of Fame and been a, a WWE legend, a wrestling legend. But instead, they they had to say, no, 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 our guy is better, even though Hunter was playing the heel and Sting was making his big first match and that was the right story to tell and then he shook his hand after getting hit in the head by a sledgehammer or something like that which made absolutely no sense two years before that he beat Brock Lesnar fresh off his UFC run as fresh as he's ever gonna be and in between he proved that he was like gonna put guys over by putting over Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30 and at WrestleMania 32 putting over Roman Reigns but at the end of the day, no matter, even if he has a very good match and his physique is fantastic and works very hard in his physique, he only wrestles one or two matches a year on television. So the idea that he comes back and the best wrestler on the roster or the guy presented as like the biggest threat on the roster is the manager. It's like there's a, a there was like a a cheesy 80s like film was it called Kickboxer where in the end like the the baby face the young guy going up has to face like the bad guy who's also like the promoter and the bad guy's like 50 years old and he's like beating up on the young kid and at the very end of the fight the young kid wins but it's like do you really look good beating up an old guy and that's what we have here with Triple H it's like no matter where you go with this match it's and the injury in a sense I mean I don't mean that I wish injury upon Seth but the injury only helps the story the idea that Seth is injured because it's Seth Rollins facing a 50-year-old man, you know? Yeah. And whether it's Goldberg or no matter or if it's Triple H, 
the, the idea this is a fair fight when Seth is fighting four times a week and Triple H is, you know, wrestling when he gets super motivated and throws off his jacket once a year for a feud, that's absurd. And that actually brings Seth down the idea they're going to toe-to-toe in the first place, you know, so that it's a net, it's a, it's a net negative before they even step in the ring because of the basic storytelling dynamics of the situation. I really wish... Triple H didn't come back for these kind of stories, or if he did, it was once every three or four years to be the triumphant babyface coming back against a mid-card heel, obnoxious heel, who Hunter can beat and we can feel good about because he wasn't the top heel, you know? And in this case, it's putting Seth Rollins against a guy presented as being the top heel in Triple H. And I just, the whole dynamic of it, it didn't work with Roman Reigns last year. The Sting thing was so much fun until they had to put Hunter over and the crowd went, oh, why? You killed the story. And Daniel Bryan, at least they had the idea of Daniel Bryan versus the establishment. So that was better. Him and Brock, don't get me started on. Uh, One one, uh, other point to put to that, uh, the idea of um, how they just take the legends out of the freezer once a year for WrestleMania weekend. You know, I think that is... You know, it's awful because, you know, there's so much uh, young guys coming up that, like, they, like, they're not making room for them, you know? They're, like, they're staying there and their time, you know, has arguably passed, you know? And like you said, it will work if it happens once every few years and it makes it more of a big deal. But now every year you can just expect there's going to be an Undertaker match, a Brock match and a Triple H match. Yeah. And I think it's part of a bigger narrative as well in that... They don't have the Steve Austins, the McFoley's, uh, even the Triple H's or the Rocks, more to the point, coming up these days the way they did 15 years ago. And you got to ask yourself, why is that? And for me, the, the answer to that is because they don't push the right guys. I mean, if you look at, like in the mid-card, there's a real, they're not getting the girls over. Like, Bailey has so much potential, and they squashed her tonight. They killed her yeah. personality, her likability, her babyface appeal, while still trying to get Roman over by having him win clean, <laughs> you know, after three years of this. And then you have Enzo and Cass, and the way they've been setting up on TV in the last month or two, they're not pushing him the whole way, and they're making Enzo, who's one of the most over guys in the entire WWE brand. I mean, Enzo's intros are phenomenal. They are SNL quality phenomenal every week. And he may not be the best wrestler in the world, but the point, as Paul Heyman demonstrated with ECW, is to get a guy, focus on the guy's strengths. You know, focus on what he can do, and make that the focal point. Don't focus on the things he can't do. So they've got talent coming up but are they choosing the right guys from the indies to bring the NXT are they choosing the right guys from NXT to bring to the main roster and when they get guys to the main roster are they presenting them in such a way that's going to let them get over and until they do that they're going to have to keep bringing back The Rock or The Undertaker or Brock Lesnar or Goldberg or Triple H because nobody knew it's going to get over unless they can let the fans see how talented they are the way they do with the other five men we just mentioned bringing us to the main event Oh my god. <laughs> this was brutal. And I said to you guys, I said to you, when Goldberg started walking to the ring, he was the first guy to come to the ring. Ke- Goldberg versus Kevin Owens, as we already mentioned, Goldberg beat him in uh, probably 20 seconds with a, a spear and a jackhammer when 
Kevin Owens is distracted by Chris Jericho, who, as usual, is in cahoots like every other wrestler with the sound and pyro and technician guy who turns on all his videos and all his audio. Jericho didn't just, like, show up in the audience or try to jump the ring. He, the whole presentation was there, making it come across very fake and very forced. Uh, Kevin Owens turns his head, Goldberg, Spear, Jackhammer, done. This was such a... This was them telling us this is a gimmick. And anybody's... Like, I didn't even think... Like, I, I imagined a million scenarios for this match. And I didn't I didn't know where the, what way they were going to go. Or what Goldberg was capable of, to be, to be fair of. But after doing this match, I have zero expectations and zero interest in Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Zero. Two, two months ago... Goldberg beat clean in the middle of the ring. Brock Lesnar fresh off beating Randy Orton by a knockout and giving a concussion and splitting his head open. Fresh off beating um, Mark Hunt at UFC 200. And Goldberg beat him in 90 seconds clean in the middle. That meant something. Tonight, Goldberg pinned a guy who's being distracted by his ex-partner's pyrotechnics. And it was so freaking lame and it made me so not interested for Wrestlemania Kieran um well my point is uh, would, you're wrong would would, would, a, would, a, would a five five minutes uh, <laughs> like 15 minute match with uh, Owens and uh, Goldberg be any better than what it was than what well let me, really let me put happened? it this way if Goldberg can't do his press slam anymore and Kevin Owens fair enough if Goldberg can't do his power moves anymore Kevin Owens fair enough if he can't do Anything else. I mean, absolutely anything else but the spear and the jackhammer. Let the match be the spear and the jackhammer. If you can't do anything else, if this is Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar, they're positioning as a main event to WrestleMania. If Goldberg's going to win, make him look good. If he's going to win, don't make him look like an idiot. Because the way this match ended didn't help. Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho are not going to sell WrestleMania. I love them. They were fantastic together. But they're not the star presence going to sell WrestleMania. And especially if they came out on the losing end of this match tonight. Even if Kevin Owens went over Goldberg clean tonight, Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho was not going to main event WrestleMania. All three of us, I'm sure, can agree on that. Please tell me if you think I'm wrong. But Goldberg, if you're gonna put him over, you gotta make him. You gotta make a statement. You gotta have him beat Kevin Owens. I don't think it would have hurt Kevin that bad. But to do this killed Goldberg. So they did the worst possible thing. The but, one guy with momentum of some description coming into the match, and I said it the day after Survivor Series when Goldberg cut that promo when he said Stephanie said I could be world champion again, so I'm gonna enter the Royal Rumble. And I was talking to Kieran about this earlier today. Goldberg entered the Royal Rumble, looked terrible, lost after four or five minutes. He did eliminate Brock Lesnar, a clearly premeditated spot, and then he lost. He looked wooden in the whole thing. He didn't. He wasn't even in the, in the final four of the match, and he came out near the end anyway. And so he lost the Royal Rumble, which is supposed to be his ticket to WrestleMania. And as it turns out, he gets his title match even sooner, and his WrestleMania match was booked a day or two later anyway. So Goldberg actually did better by losing the Royal Rumble than by winning it, and that makes no damn sense. I agree with you. I would agree with you um, for the long term and uh, how they've, they've used the Goldberg um, character. I've said it in my reviews pretty much every week, like, you know, that Goldberg's been on the show. Like, he has been mismanaged completely. But I think for tonight, for the show, for the main event, um, and with the Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho match, uh, like, for WrestleMania as well, I just think it was a good 
good good ending to to the to the show like you know um i i i actually said to you um uh, i i wouldn't be surprised to see chris jericho uh coming um through the the, uh, the crowd and uh i would have preferred throw, it throw, throwing uh kevin owens into the ring when when uh he was uh diddy dallying outside the ring and um letting goldberg sweat um inside the ring before I, the match i think i personally think that would have made a big i think that would have been substantially better than having jericho come through the titan tron with the whole tron going like it was part of the show's script I really feel, I and mean, we've seen that angle before where he was in the front row to help Kevin Owens. I genuinely think even that change would have been substantially better. Substantially than what we got tonight. Uh, Sean? I was uh, so let down with this match. Uh, obviously, throughout the night, you know, I felt like there was anticipation building, which is why sort of the momentum of the show just sort of dipped really quick. And I thought as I said earlier, I was going to peak at this match, and, you know, it didn't, and, you know, I think it may, first off, it didn't do any any good for Goldberg, uh, it made uh, Kevin Owens look like a complete idiot, because he had this entire uh, long run as champion, only to lose it to a rookie mistake of getting distracted, which doesn't make sense, because he's been doing it for so long, yeah. that you'd think that because he's as smart as he is, he wouldn't get distracted when there's a guy like Goldberg across the ring from him. And, you know, they started the match so well with, you know, Kevin Owens getting out of the ring and just sort of teasing it. And, you know, I was so kind of looking forward to Goldberg, like, kicking his ass for, like, five minutes over that. Yeah. And then Even he just close didn't. lines or something. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? or just punches. Just punches, <laughs> brawl around the ringside. It's not that complicated. Just, just give us something. Yeah. Like and like you you know less is more. It's just one or two moves is all that's needed. Yeah. But like and we all like since Goldberg's been back, you know, he hasn't really wrestled for a long period of time in total. It's probably ten minutes at the most. <laughs> I, I was watching uh Stevie Aaron sent me uh What Cultures Wrestling Show, the i pay per view from a couple of weeks ago with uh, Kurt Angle versus uh um, Alberto Del Rio in the main event. The opening match is a very famous match. It's been done around the world now, Japan, uh, many places. Uh, Ricochet versus Will Osprey, well. and the very first high spot of the sh- of the match, they do these amazing flips back and forth. And when they land, the top rope breaks, and so these <laughs> two high flyers, like with this incredible Matrix like wrestling match style. The top rope was broken for the whole rest of the match, and they proceed to use the next five minutes doing this brawl spot around the outside, clearly improvising, where Ricochet gives him a big chop, Osprey chops him back, Ricochet chops him again, then does his big build-up, walking around the entire ring, holding up his hand, getting the whole crowd to go with him, and then runs around the entire ring and delivers one big chop and gets Osprey and hits him in the chest and Osprey does a big sell and the crowd goes crazy even though these are two great high flyers so they're expected to do like moonsaults and all these these things off the top rope if these two guys with the crowd expecting all these flips can get so much heat for several minutes for, for the whole match in a sense they did more flips back in the ring but without the top turnbuckle which obviously really inhibited for, but for three or four minutes if they can wrestle just doing chops on the floor then with a month's notice Goldberg and Kevin Owens can spend five minutes with Goldberg doing the Goldberg pose hitting a clothesline Owens doing a giant sell 
Goldberg maybe clotheslines him over the barricades, the floor. Not a single match tonight went into the audience. Mm-hmm. This would have been the match. Yeah. All Goldberg had to do was follow him and punch him every 20 seconds. That is all he had to do. Yeah. And Owens could have sold and taken bumps over tables and made Goldberg look like a killer. And they both would have looked better as a result. And maybe at the finish after five or six minutes of that, even even if it's five or six minutes, you get back in the ring and Goldberg's setting up for the spear and Kevin Owens does something to you know distract the referee or distract Goldberg. He does some heel thing and then Jericho makes the appearance and then Goldberg beats him. Then he would have at least some level of credibility. But they, they booked this to make Goldberg look like he was being handed, like literally the booker in this sports entertainment field was handing him the championship belt on a silver platter because they said, yes, Mr. Goldberg, you don't have to do any bumps, Mr. Goldberg. He's not bumped once, Mr. Goldberg. I'm en route to the biggest match at WrestleMania with you being featured as champion and Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho being kicked to the curb. And as a sports entertainment field, as they're branding themselves as, they're not saying we're, we're pro wrestling. They're not saying we're fighting. They're saying we're sports entertainment. And telling that story, I thought they absolutely screwed this thing up so badly. My argument is, and I agree with you. I agree with you with with most of what you were saying. Like you know, I I, I actually thought Goldberg was gonna get booed a little bit tonight. I reckon he's gonna get booed a lot at WrestleMania. Maybe not. Like you know, maybe maybe not. Like you know, but my point, my argument is, um, we all saw Logan this week. Like you know, yes, we did. All Brilliant three movie. of us. Like you know. <laughs> Me and Blake, anyway, I'm not sure about Sean's uh, take of it, but me and Blake thought, overall, like, you know, a good a good movie, but yeah. overall, the storyline um, in the movie didn't make that much sense. And tonight is a perfect example of how that can happen in wrestling as well, because... Um, it didn't the whole the whole like storyline with Goldberg and Brock Lesnar has loads of uh, holes in it. But yeah. I thought, like Logan, the the the, the main storyline didn't make much sense. But there's a lot of cool moments in that in that show in that in that movie. And I thought t- tonight, I thought this main event was a good mo- good moment for for, res- for for wrestling. Like you know, interesting, very interesting. So moving forward to WrestleMania. Uh, we're going to tidy it up with this one here. This is the final paper before WrestleMania four weeks from tonight. Uh, this, for me, like Raw tomorrow is going to change the tone again. So I can't speak before then. There's a lot that could happen on Raw tomorrow. Tonight, to me, this killed the momentum. I really felt that even if Roman went over Braun, which I largely expected, although not as decisively, I thought that I would feel like, okay, well, he's going to be strong to wrestle Undertaker, which is the expected match. But I felt this match made them both seem lesser. Um, I felt it should have been a brawl. I felt I expected more out of it. Bailey killed her momentum. I thought that putting the belt on her already was a mistake already. But having her win the match thanks to interference not once but twice made her so unsympathetic. And you get the main event and Goldberg wins the championship after being happy to let Kevin Owens dawdle around. Obviously because Goldberg didn't want to dawdle around because he was the babyface. And then the finish coming when Chris Jericho showed up and it took 20 seconds for Goldberg to spear him and, and jackhammer him. 
I felt that that really killed any remaining momentum on Goldberg's character, which I felt was already waning because the day after Survivor Series, they had to start a brand new story. It couldn't be for his wife and kid anymore. It had to be a different story because he's a 50-year-old man. You got to tell a new story now. He did the comeback match, but they tried to tell the same story again, only this time with interference in his favor, and it really killed the character Stone Dead. So for me, I'm looking forward to WrestleMania less. I know I'm going to have a great time watching the show with you guys. I know it's going to be a lot of twists and turns in between. Kieran, how are you feeling? Well, if uh, like if you've been listening to our podcast from the very first one from Royal Rumble, I've been saying I have been I've been worried about WrestleMania this year. <laughs> I have I like just, what to do about Susanna? Yeah, it 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 really 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 worries me. It really does because I can't think of one match that I'm looking forward to seeing. Like, maybe Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho, but it was up to me, they'd be together. Like, you know... Yeah, like, I agree. If, That's if where you the think, chemistry If you is. think about the main events, Robin Reigns and Undertaker, not, like, for me, nothing. Yeah. Uh, Goldberg and Brock Lesnar, nothing. John Cena and Nikki Bella <laughs> taking on The Miz and Maurice. I'm really excited for that match. <laughs> if they do the proposal afterwards, I'll actually really enjoy that. That's I what ser- I'm hoping for. I seriously think that the, that could be the most memorable moment of WrestleMania by a the, long shot. The one thing, though, is that it would really, like, crap on uh, Mason Ryan's proposal. <laughs> do you remember when... Is it Mason? No, not Mason Ryan. Joey Ryan. Jesus Christ. Joy- oh, Joey Ryan. Yeah, I remember. I Wasn't Mason Ryan the, the wrestler yeah, from Wales? Wales. He was, <laughs> the in, the giant he was in the was Nexus like the, 10 yeah, years ago. Second, Sorry, yeah. Joey. The second, yeah, second yeah, Batista. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Joey Ryan also <laughs> proposed to his uh, girlfriend in the ring, then girlfriend uh, in indie wrestling. But, but like, um, like, just going back, like, you know, Seth Rollins and uh, Triple H, dead to me, like, you know, like, like there, <laughs> is, there, there is nothing that excites me at all for WrestleMania. And we're yeah. talking about WrestleMania, like, you know, WrestleMania, the biggest show of the, of, of the year, like, you know, uh, like the, the, the showcase of the immortals, like, you know, none of the matches, none excite me like you know so what if I told you Strowman will be on the show <laughs> well I'm, I'm not even sure he's going I, to be he probably I, will be but I don't even so how are you feeling about Brock versus Goldberg well I just told you like you know it like nothing like you know like and, and do you think it's possible they could have come out of this match making you feel something Maybe maybe, 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 but I think from the very start, from from the the get the, the Royal Rumble, I think it, um, Goldberg's character has been absolutely mismanaged completely. Like, I you know. I agree. If if it's me starting Survivor Series, the booking there was fascinating and exciting and exhilarating, and you we knew there was a catch within a couple of minutes of like reflecting on it. Okay, this clearly isn't his last match because we know politics. You know he 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 signed on for more matches, but from that point forward, the story has to be that he is reluctantly fighting, that there is a a greater purpose he's fighting for. It can't be his son anymore because he did that. It can't be his wife anymore. He did that. There has to be a new story. And at the Royal Rumble, Brock Lesnar, for me, my money, and I'm not a 50-50 guy, but at Royal Rumble, after, after Goldberg beating him once, and then 12 years later coming back and beating him twice, at the Royal Rumble, Lesnar had to cost him the Rumble. Lesnar had to be the guy to take him out. And if Goldberg eliminates him first, that's okay, as long as Lesnar unfairly eliminates Goldberg then, so it's a personal issue. But as a stands that match for Mania was made because Goldberg says okay I lost you the first time okay I lost you the second time okay I lost you at the Royal Rumble but this time 
and we're supposed to go give me, give me another chance like, yeah <laughs> you know after losing three times it's like three strikes and you're out buddy. And, and you know like, what I mean what, what, what's, what's Goldberg's mo- uh, motivation what, my, like, what's my motivation yeah, MB like, what, what's my motivation I don't know? understand like no <laughs> it doesn't like Goldberg is like he asked for a fight so I said I'd fight him I mean, hell, I mean, I'll say I'll fight you at WrestleMania. I, I'll use the same analogy I used on, on uh, you know, my, my article last week on NXT. It's like, if it means that I'll get to wrestle Goldberg at WrestleMania and finish the match in 20 seconds, I'll just do a Kevin Owens, walk outside and keep on walking, take my two underground and go home. You know, it, it doesn't make any sense. That, that match was so, the way it was set up, him and Brock was so dead. It was like, he challenged me. I said, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you know, no good. Sean, WrestleMania? Yeah, there's no hype for it for me this year. Like, I am sort of interested in the Brock and Goldberg match just because I'm hoping to God they finally do something different. I'm curious if they go more than two actual minutes. Yeah, like... like Vaguely curious. Well, not $60 curious, but to be fair, the network is now 10 bucks, but they had to down... They 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 literally charge one fifth of what they used to charge for pay per views because their storytelling is at a level where you can't expect people to pay that much money. Yeah, you know it's yeah, they're, like it is. There is no hype this year, and it's it's sort of really sad to see, you know, because like there's like there's one match, uh, which is you know the John Cena match, and maybe if they do the AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon match I'd just be interested in watching that and seeing me too yeah, I had fun interact. watching that just to see where that goes I don't know it's going to be good but I'm curious uh, they'll jump off a lot of things and I mean, <laughs> like we said about like even last year the best bit for me, for me personally the best bit of Wrestlemania last year the cage. Um, no uh, Stone Cold uh, um, stunning oh um, yeah the Xavier, new Xavier Woods from the from the night from the new that day. That was only last year. That was great. Yeah, all the legend stuff. Yeah, the yeah. rocks promo on yeah. the on the Wyatts and the three legends coming down to That's, face that, off. With. That was my that was the, my my two best moments of of WrestleMania last year. Yeah, I, I know it was that. the rocks match with Luke Harper won it for me. I, I, I excuse me, Luke Harper. Yeah. No. The Rock went um, against. It was uh, Eric Rowan. Yeah. Was it Eric Rowan? Please show Eric a little bit of respect here. My Are God. you serious? Respect the beard, my friend. My God, how could you get that wrong? I'd say it was the shortest match on, on in WrestleMania really history. And I have a food baby it, in my belly. It's about six o'clock in the morning here in Cork City, Ireland. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us here on WrestlingInquire.com. This is the Wrestling Dungeon. This has been Blake Norton, Kieran Gallagher, Bulletproof, Sean Fogarty. We will catch you in four weeks' time. For WrestleMania, what number are we up to now that Vince won't admit? 33, I think. 34. I think we're, I, I think we're at 33. We had 30 with Daniel Bryan. We had 31 with Seth Rollins taking the belt. We had 32 last year with uh, all I'm the stuff we mentioned with all the guys. And it's 6 o'clock in the morning. We love you guys. Have a great night. We'll catch you in four weeks. Take care. Woo! Strowman. <laughs>